Anyway. So do you think you need a new hub? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I didn't mention it. I haven't mentioned it to you because I've, I fix it myself. Um, okay, so this is the pre-show we're recording. This isn't the real show. It's just the uh, part before the real show where Dan and I and Fred, I don't know what we do. We just... I'm going to some pre-show music today. I uh, looked over at my phone about a half an hour ago and I saw a note from Fred and I'm like, oh, that's unusual. And it was an image of Fred's backyard all filled with snow. Front yard, sorry. And then I got another ding on my phone. It was Dan Duran and it was a picture of Dan Duran's winter tundra. And then I didn't, I felt left out. There was no snow here on the sketchway. So I went and took a picture of my freezer. (laughs) It wasn't even even a freezer filled with ice. It was just a freezer filled with frozen meat. Oh, I thought you sent me that because it looked like it was all pork in that in that conversation we had about pork. No. I thought, oh, he's run out and buy and bought a bunch of pork at the store that Rachel doesn't want him to buy. Anymore. No, no, I didn't. And then <laughs> he'll transfer. Right. And then he'll change its uh, disguise. Yeah, I called the caper boss yesterday, Dan. I was telling him about how Rachel only wanted me to buy pork at the most expensive place that was open. And I said to Freddie, I said I should have just gone to Sobeys. And then he said, yeah, you go in and then you put it in the bag. And, said, and oh, yeah, he walked me right through the whole process. It was great. <laughs> no, I, 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 I but you transfer it to Ziploc. You yeah. transfer it to Ziploc. They have no yeah. idea where it came mm-hmm. from. No. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's not why I said it to you. Is it ethically produced pork that she wants you to buy at something? Is, is that it? Or I don't know. Is it pork taste? Or is it For some reason, we had beautiful chicken thighs from Sobeys, and I said to her, why is it okay we can get chicken thighs from Sobeys, but we can't get their pork chops? Um, and I didn't get a really good answer other than the place I was to go was way out of my way. <laughs> that was the reason. No, I need you to go to someplace that's less convenient than just down the street. Dan, you talk about ethically, and I think I've mentioned this on the show probably a few times over the past 30-some-odd years we've done the show. But growing up, growing up in Scarborough, our public school, Ironview Public School, I think it was in grade 6, one of the field trips for that year was a visit to Canada Packers. Oh, yeah. And we actually stood there as they slaughtered the cows. Can you imagine them letting <laughs> you kids... Imagine. Yeah. Can you imagine them letting, letting them see kids... Or kids see that nowadays? Like, we're standing on this ramp. The cow comes up. This guy puts something on its head and, and hits, like, a trigger. Yeah. And this rod goes down, pierces its brain, and it drops. Like, right in front of us kids. <laughs> I'm not laughing at that, although it is, you know... Hey... It's a good thing we're not cows. But you yeah. imagine, <laughs> but just imagine cow get, empathy on the show. All three of us, when our kids were little, even us, our stupid generation, if somebody had come, hey, we just took your children to a slaughterhouse and they watched a cow get a rod through its brain. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. Like crazy shit. You know, it's funny. So many things happen. Again, we never discussed this, but I thought of you guys, you particularly, Patterson. Because I was thinking about things that happened when we were kids. I swear this is true. We had this teacher. I was thinking of this teacher named Mr. Duke. And I'm glad you guys can see me because what he used to do to us is he took, we called it the Duke rap. And he would come to us randomly in the schoolyard. This is in, you know, um, middle school. So I would be in grade six or seven. And regularly, 
knuckle us on the top of the fucking head. <laughs> and I was thinking, I was going to, I was going to ask you to, because forget us hitting our own kids, which, you know, we did a little spanky spanks, but imagine a teacher not just spanked one of our children, but took their knuckle. And he did this I'm later when he became, I was a grown up. He was a friend of my father's. I used to kid him the odd time about him knuckling me on the top of the head. And it was like a big joke over at A&W when we would laugh. But uh, imagine that. Somebody comes up to your kid, Colton, and, and when he was like 10, bink. No, I couldn't imagine that. Not in this day and age. No. Well, I'm just trying I, to remember some of my like we, I, we used to get the strap in the school I went to. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was common. Yeah. I never yeah. got it. I, I was shown the strap once, but I never got it. But I again, refused the strap once. What's the that? Thing is, you said, Dan, go ahead, Freddie, but I, gotta, I, I, I think I know the Dan the story. Yeah, he refused it. He said, How no. can you do that? He protested. I just said, I, he said, ask me to put my hand out. I said, no, because I thought it was stupid. <laughs> thought it was stupid for the reason that I was there to begin with. No, what Dan and, said was, that's, you think that's a strap? Let me show you something. <laughs> <laughs> but I admire that out of a kid because you'd be so, like, I would have been so terrified that my parents found out I got the strap. Just think about that, because you could get the strap at school without them even notifying your parents. You would have to go home and tell them you got the strap. Oh, yeah. And how, how would that go down nowadays? I mean, they don't have the strap, obviously, but something like... I had Miss Warenga in grade one. She used to take... She had long nails. She would grab your chin and squeeze it while she was giving you shit. So I had her for grade one, and then there was a flip at the school or whatever. So grade two, I get her again. And again, just so, she would leave a mark in your chin from squeezing it, squeezing it while giving you shit. Even that nowadays would be... Well, she'd be fired, or there'd yeah. be an inquiry, or you know, they'd call CFTO News, or like. <laughs> no, but seriously, you, but, yeah. but but if a teacher put her nails under the chin of one of my children, and they came home, and I said, "Honey's, what's that mark under your chin?" Oh, that's where Miss Moringa, Moringa, mm-hmm. Moringa. Oh, and what's that lump on the top of your head? Oh, that's where Mister Duke knuckled me. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, to be fair to Mr. Duke, we all deserved it. I mean, we did. We were just little shits. We were. He came. It wasn't like he just did it because we weren't doing anything. We were up to mm-hmm. no good. And he but, knew you know, it. It's, it's interesting when you look back because I remember in, in public school, I probably didn't have, like, a good relationship with the teacher until I was in grade four where your teacher actually, you looked at them as, a, like, a friend, as somebody positive and encouraging. Up to that point, it was terror. Like, hmm. you were afraid of your teachers. I was at my school. Of course. And it was weird. In grade six, it was the same thing. I got Mr. Gilbert. Everybody was terrified. How, what kind of an environment is that? <laughs> well, look how well we turned out. Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, Mrs. Bruce. Mrs. Bruce was the first teacher that I ever... Yeah. I don't know how old I was, but I remember her as being somebody that made me think things and have feelings. Oh, mm-hmm. same here. Yeah. Miss well, Harper you, you, with her fishnet stockings. It's the first time my my thing moved. Yeah. Honestly, it was like, what's going on here? Can you remember the last time it moved? <laughs> 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 the funny thing is, it used to move yeah. all the time. Independent it used yeah, to be it was like Y two K celebration. It used to just move on its own. What's that? Oh, it's moving again. Now it's like, come on, buddy. We got work to do. All right. It's almost like a reluctant kid. All right. I'm just going to hang on. Slap you down again. 
<laughs> Let me just get off the couch here. What do we got? What kind of operation are we working on? Um, all right. Listen, we've got a lot of show to get to. Good pre-show. That was very... Listen, welcome back. And, and I, we haven't even talked about oh, the storm of the century. Uh, but we'll get to it. Um, but first, let's, uh, let's officially begin. Here we go. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the hey, chilling world. Dan, 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 I'm sorry. I hate to bother you. Would you be? I, I should have told you this. Could you add, um, because we're going to start with this uh-huh. breakdown of this uh, company that sponsors us. You know, we, we do one of them. Uh, can you just add it for me today, sweet man? Yeah. Thanks, brother. Hold on. Just, just add them. It's one word. Got to type it in, you know. Why do you have to just throw it in? Because it's a script. Okay, sorry. <laughs> this episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the chilly world from Humble and Fred Studios in Brampton, Toronto, and the western shores of Shamong Lake. And is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and Noom. And now here are two men who, over the religious weekend, found a strange urge to eat all the animals associated with Passover and Easter and spent the weekend drooling over recipes for rabbits, chickens, and goats. It's Humble and Fred. And uh, Dan Duran, one of our uh, fine colleagues, we appreciate you. Uh, speaking of which, Jeff Lumby from Jeff and Julie moved to France in a global pandemic, the podcast. We're going to talk to Jeff today. Uh, he and I have kind of gone back and forth. He uh, proposed a topic I think all of us will enjoy throwing around a the world of cancel culture. I think Jeff wants to talk about that. Also, there's a great story from one of his recent podcasts about them trying to get their car to a different country during a global pandemic. Anyway, it's interesting. Um, you know, he's uh, asked me, it's funny, since the beginning of January, I just remember Lumby, both of my brothers, my brother Dan, mm-hmm. a bunch of other people, you just mentioned your kids, have been asking us about Noom. This ain't no BS. Lumby and I have talked about it. Both of my brothers are on it. Dan, of course, just started it. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons, and maybe Fred could speak to this as well, one of the reasons I think people are fascinated by us and, and Noom in general is that it seems like it's you know a different approach to losing weight. And, and my experience has been similar to yours, Freddie, that... You know, it's, I, I want to say it's easy, but it's easy to do. The app is easy to use. Of course, you've got to be mindful, and it's a psychology-based program. But what I wanted to start with is how simple it is to sign up and how simple it is to use the actual technology. Yeah, it uh, just takes moments, really. And immediately, you're drawn into the, uh, what do you call, just the system, so yes. to speak. Uh, the psychology of it. And uh, that's one thing that's pleasantly surprised me over the, what, uh, February, March, eight, three months I've been on, is my commitment to it. Like, I'm not, I'm usually one of those guys, you know, I dive in and then I fall off, but I'm still every day putting in my meals because it's so interesting because the system has taught me how to eat better. Yeah, and so I, I, I was thinking the other day, like I reached my goal weight a little while ago and I kind of been, you know, I was corresponding with my coach because you're at the app comes with somebody that you can check in with. And one of the yep. things they've asked me about it, I guess, Mike, I was curious, how do you maintain your weight? And just what you said, I've logged my meals, I logged my weight. 
and I just do a little bit of reading every day, and it just seems to make it. I, again, I don't want to say it's it's not it's easy to use the app, and if you use the app correctly, as we both done, and now Dan's just started. If you use it correctly, you will lose weight. It's not a a matter of if; it's a matter of when. Dan's been on it for I think. Did you sign up a couple weeks ago? Uh, a week and a bit, yeah. A and week and a half. And, and we talked on the weekend because I know it's uh, you. You love your Easter, yeah. and you said you've already lost. Just give us some. Give us some. Uh, you lost a few pounds in, in how many days? Uh, about uh, seven days. I lost about three pounds. Three pounds or something. That's great. Wow, right that's now. very very good. Mm-hmm. So now over Easter, I mean, I, th- I think I I kind of blew off because of the Easter dinner. I kind of blew off the whole thing, but. Back yeah, on but it see, again. that's something you learn along the way. Because you have an Easter dinner doesn't mean you have to blow anything up. Right. It, it's really interesting that way, and you'll yeah. you'll get to appreciate that. Again, you know this thing. Again, the system, and then uh, that, it, you know that that's part of the psychology. You learn the system, and then you you get you come to appreciate foods and how they work together and how you know an easter dinner doesn't have to be something that explodes right exactly it's it's just you learn the choices to make they uh i just read something it's funny it's just in just in front of me here dan it says an off day is totally okay and won't set you off course noom weight gently helps you get back on track you decide how much noom weight fits into your life not the other way around like i don't want anyone to think that and i'm the most obsessive Obviously, of the three of us, but I don't, it takes me minutes. Like, it's not like something you know. Rachel's always making fun, logging, logging, because I sit and log what we're eating. Um, but it doesn't take hours a day. Within a few, a couple of minutes a day, basically. You know what it is for me, and, I, and I've, I've shared this before. Just the accountability, being accountable to myself and what I've eaten. I've logged every meal since January third. I'm not that's not what everyone does and you don't have to do that but if you sign up today at noom.com/hf2022 you'll see how easy it is to get started noom.com/hf2022 to sign up for your free trial for your trial you know and there I mean there's so many positive things about it like yesterday or I guess the day before actually you know, I wanted to, we had these uh, lamb chops and I thought, well, lamb chops, I'm not sure. I'd never really looked into those through the Noom program and they were yellow, but a lot of calories. But this was in the morning, so I could log them for my dinner, which set the tone for the rest of my day. So I thought I'm going to have those lamb chops for dinner and I'm going to use up this many calories in this category. Oh, so you, so, la- you logged it. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's interesting. In the you morning, logged it for later I, was, I was looking forward to that dinner. So now this gives me an overview of the day. So on lunch, I'll have this because it works. It'll work with the, with the lamb chops for dinner. And, and Dan, that's what you're going to find. You're, yeah. Dan, and you, what you said about a lot of people think that, oh, I've had this big dinner for a holiday or friends and family. You know, Knowing what you're eating every day, <clears throat> excuse me, and being accountable to it is what Fred said. You're actually accounting for and allowing for the calories you have. So and that's you know, an interesting thing for yeah. me because I've never, I've, in my entire life, I've paid zero attention to calories. I've heard that they're out there. I never needed to. 
But, yeah. yeah, I just never, like, I didn't associate a calorie with any specific thing except that sugar has lots of calories. And that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know anything else. And, uh, yeah, yeah. But, so it's, it's a good, it, like Fred said earlier, it's a great way to teach well, yourself about eating better. Well, it is. It's very, very educational. Like, like I learned, like, potatoes aren't necessarily a bad thing. It's what you put on them, obviously. Yeah. Like boiled potatoes, which I love, with basically nothing on them, are like gr- they're what you call a green food, and they don't have a lot of calories. But it's not complicated. And and, no. um, and here's the thing: a lot of people say, you know, like, again, in the last three and a half months that we've been doing it, I've had these conversations. So of you, or oh, is that bad? Or oh, I know that's not good for you. And I always try to make this point: there are no bad or good foods. There's just foods that you allow for. You, you listen. You could have French fries if you want. I've had I've had days when I've had a burger and fries. But what you just said about allowing and making making allowance for and accounting for the calories you're bringing in. Basically, I know it seems simple. If you bring in less than you, you know, than you use, you'll lose weight. Um, right now, start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash HF2022. That's noom.com slash HF2022. And if I may, just before we move on, uh, the psychological aspect, there's a graph that shows your weight loss. And it's great because, I'll be honest, sometimes I'm a little disappointed. But then you look into the concept of healthy weight loss, and I'm right on track. Because mine almost looks like a like a short hockey stick. Yeah. The first couple of weeks, I lost weight dramatically, which you do. But then since then, it's just like... You know, a hockey stick, the way the blade sort of levels yep. down a bit. And uh, and I reached my goal weight uh, pretty much last week. And uh, it's a great sense of accomplishment. And it was done. Uh, it was a healthy weight loss, which is very important as well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it was it was done with boiled potatoes. <laughs> that's right. No, it was yeah. done with a lot of nice things. And that's the thing. We like again. I don't want to keep belaboring this point, but the four of us, Fred and Delise and Rachel and I, went out for dinner two weeks ago, and we had a, a full restaurant meal. And, and there was not. We ate a lot of food, and there was nothing we restricted ourselves. And I know because of the accounting for the calories that didn't put me over even a little mm-hmm. bit of the dessert the doll had and mm-hmm. and that's really the uh, the genius behind it start building better habits for healthy long-term results noom.com slash hf2022 that tells them that you've come through the humble and fred portal noom.com slash hf2022 dan duran's news later when dan rejoins us uh, as well tim uh, Daniels from uh, Italy, and we'll check in with Lumby from France. And yes, sir, Kyle, the intern, has, yes, uh, turned turned in his assignment, and we'll be playing <laughs> that later. That's right. It was a week ago today that we had our intern interview. I just want to see if he's responded. He actually did a pretty good job. Oh, here we go. Let's see, what does he say? Oh, da, da, da. oh, yes, sounds good. See you then. Okay, good. He's going to be there. Bow, bow. There's a couple of sports things I wanted to run by you. Mm-hmm. We uh, talked about Jamie Campbell, the uh, announcer, uh, mentioning that he has uh, cancer. But there's another famous um, Toronto sports figure that has revealed he's got cancer. And that is one Buck Martinez. 
Yeah, it's not revealed where he has the cancer. Jamie's leukemia, a form of leukemia. Um, Buck uh, didn't say where, but he's leaving the broadcast as of this weekend. Well, he undergoes, I guess, chemotherapy, whatever treatment uh, he needs. So, sad. He's 73 years old, and, you know, that's got to be a bit of a jolt. Yeah. Um, not that this has anything to do with this story, but is Buck Martinez, was he not one of the ones that refused to travel with the team or didn't want to get vaccinated? Or, well, again, nothing was... to do with COVID. Say that again? But wasn't Buck one of the ones? But no, the rumors were out there that Buck was an anti-vaxxer. Right. That's all I'm asking. But those were whatever happened. He was here. <clears throat> Uh, for the beginning of the season, like he was in Toronto this weekend, so he either, uh, you know, changed his mind or those rumors were bullshit. Because yeah. to be in Toronto, he had to be vaxxed. Which has another story attached to it. I don't know if you were going to go there, but several of uh, the Major League teams that are scheduled to come to Toronto have players that are not vaxxed. The Boston Red Sox come here next week. They have four or five that are not vaxxed, will not be with the team. And I love it. Well, A, I wasn't going to go there, but B, I do enjoy hearing that. Why do you, what do you, what, okay, let me ask you, C, here's a C. Okay. Do they get paid for those or do they get nope. docked? No, Major League Baseball said uh, you lose money and you lose time of service for those games. They Why is the second listen. part important? What does that time of service mean? Well, it, as far as contracts go and pension, I okay. guess, and whatever. But Major League Baseball told them long ago that, you know, Major League Baseball was going to uh, encourage vaccines. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they encouraged all their players to get them. And, you know, the Oakland A's were here this weekend, and they had three players that didn't come with the team, stayed in the United States because they don't want to get the vax. It's a personal choice, which is super. You chose not to get the vaccine, so Canada chose not to have you in our country. And, and, and by the way, the I didn't. I didn't mean to. Listen, it's sad about Buck. He's a beloved mm-hmm. figure and, and yes. great guy by all I accounts. Yeah, I, I only brought that up because I wasn't sure if he was the one from the Blue Jays organization. Doesn't well, make it any less sad, and it doesn't make it any less a drag. Yeah. And this guy's, you know, vaccines aside, and I'm able to do this. This guy's been a big part of this city for a long time. Like 81, I think he came here in 81. Yeah. I just saw that. He was a player, transitioned to a broadcaster, and as manager. The manager, manager for a few years. Shulman, tons yeah. of guys, you know, talking about what not only what a great guy Buck is, Buck is uh-huh. but also what a great broadcaster and baseball yeah. guy. Remember, that was through Mark Hebsher and Toronto Mike. Remember, Mike was quite excited that um, uh, Hebsey had some kind of a scoop that uh, Buck wasn't vaccinated or didn't want to be vaccinated. But anyway, the long and the short of it, hey, you know, some people change their minds or some people realize that I'm pushing back against this, but it's going to affect my livelihood and my life to uh, the extent that uh, it's not worth being a resistor. Yeah. And the same with these players, you know, and now there's some squawking out of the states that, you know, the Blue Jays are at an unfair advantage because these players can't come to Canada. <laughs> but the thing is, here's the deal. 
if there's blue jays unvaxxed, they can't go to the states. Yeah. That's why the jays are 100% vaccinated. I mean, it's fa- it's very simple. They have the same rules as we do. And yeah, but the, but the reason that they, those guys would say it's unfair because it's all all the teams having to come here versus one team right. having to go there. But so what? I, I love the Blue Jays' attitude. It's like a tough titty. Yeah. Story. I think that's what they're Last saying. Last year, we played in three different ball, ballparks and still almost made the playoffs. Here's what I also take away from that story. And I, I, maybe because I'm, I don't know if it makes me cheap or not, but I know one thing. If you said, okay, we're going to dock your pay, and yes, I know I'm being paid millions, but if you said this is going to add up to 180000 I don't care what it is, I'd be like, all right, okay, give me that fucking shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, for the sake of, I don't know what, I, don't, I wouldn't be able to turn away from the money to make, especially at this point in the evolution of the vaccine versus the no vaccine. Um, if we can just... Can we pause Buck for a second? Because it sort of ties into another story right. from the States, which is uh, what you brought up. And I said, yeah, let's wait till we get on this show, which is they basically had a judge. And we'll explain who she is in a moment. Who, who basically ruled the CDC could not mandate airlines to have their passengers wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some debate about the science behind wearing a mask in, you know, maybe outdoors or in arenas. But for the sake of a couple hours on an airplane, wouldn't that be one place, sort of the last place where you might? I'd wear a mask for a little, just to keep it a little bit safer. Most people would think that. So my question is, who is making such a big stink about wearing masks on airplanes? Well, the usual suspects. Yeah, it's just political. Yeah. Because wh- why does it even have to get to there? Why why does it have to go beyond it's your choice? Plus, if you choose to, you can still wear one, obviously, because it's all about freedom, isn't it? Yeah. But again, you'd think it's on some level they'd go, okay, you know, for the most part, we in the United States have escaped a lot of this stuff based on the freedom bullshit. But when it comes to an airline in close proximity, why don't we just all sort of pull together and just wear a mask for the, you know, the psychological security of all those involved? But no, it's got to become a political thing. It's got to be, you know, stomping our feet. And I want my freedoms and fuck the guy next to me. I don't want to have to wear a mask. It's a lovely environment. It really is. And here's how we know it's political. And it's not just us going, we think it's political. The uh, woman who made... The ruling was nominated by Donald Trump. At the time she was nominated, the American Bar Association said she's unqualified to hold office. At the time she was nominated for a position she'll hold for the rest of her life, she was 33 years old. I did some little research. By research, I mean... You know, I just looked at this story in front of me. She was nominated at the age of 33. She had never tried a single case as lead counsel or co-counsel. Her husband, a Republican operative who worked for Trump. Despite the Bar Association calling her unqualified, she can make rulings like this for the rest of her life. By the way, the last Republican nominee for the Supreme Court, Amy Coney Barrett, also considered woefully unqualified, had never tried a criminal case. 
when she was nominated. Meanwhile, the uh, black woman they nominated, the Republicans found so much wrong with her. Well, anyway, political. That's why um, Fred and I say it's political. Okay, but uh, this uh, like again, I don't know why it even has to get to that point where it's got to go to court. Um, you know, in the airlines, they were quick to tell everybody, "Hey, you don't have to wear a mask now." And I know they're hurting, and generally, I guess they perceive that as good news uh, that people they don't have to be badgering people to put their masks on well on a plane uh so again it's just part of the whole cesspool that's been created around this like even look at those professional players like the, here we are this far into it and there's going to be players that uh baseball players that don't come here because they don't want to get the shot you know i i threw the numbers at you last week there's got to be over two thousand professional athletes that's just professional athletes in North America between the NFL and NHL. And have you heard of one of them dying? Have you heard of one of them having adverse effects from from a vaccine? From a vaccine? No, strangely. Because you enough. know, if there was, we'd hear about it. Yeah, have you heard one? No, nope. just like even one story. I haven't. But these guys, you know, they're crazy. They're literally crazy. They're crazy people. They are. They are crazy people. You know, when I <clears throat> saw something uh, there the other day with Bill Maher and on uh, Real Time with Bill Maher, and they're discussing, you know, the the balance between attacking the left and attacking the right. Sorry, people. Yeah, the left are naive, but right now the right, they're crazy. They're easy pickings. Why wouldn't you be making fun of them? No, exactly. Because they're, they're easy to make fun of. They're crazy. And this is just an example. It doesn't matter what you put on their plate. It's not good enough. They have to scream freedom. Um, I was just looking for uh, something here. You know, I, I, I'll tell you, I, I, I'm booking some travel. Uh, I will. Uh, I'm not getting on an airplane without my mask on. You know, we were out and about in the big well, city. Are you allowed to in Canada? No, but I'm saying even no. I'm, oh. like my oh. point is even if they said you don't have to. Right. Like I've been in I was out and about in the big city several places over the Easter break or whatever. We just went through the Passover weekend and I'm just habitually wearing my mask on my way. We went to Rachel and I went to Cirque du Soleil on Thursday night. You know, it was fun clowns trapeze. But I wore my mask while I sat there next to people, you know, because you're pretty close in and it's an enclosed environment. I what just venue did. was that? The, the uh, circus tent? Yeah, the big, they do it over, they set it up in the parking lot of Ontario Place there. Right. But I, it, my, my hmm. point is, I just wore it. So did she. We just, you know, you have a mask on. It's because you're sitting right next to people. And what was the ratio of people wearing and not wearing? I think most people weren't wearing them. Uh, you know what I see? People our age seem to have hung on to them. Hmm. It feels like that to me. Well, there's some encouraging wastewater news. Yeah, please, um, what do you have for wastewater? Well, it's really leveled off, and, you know, ICUs have gone up, and hospitalizations have gone up. But when you consider that, you know, mask mandates were were stopped, and, and, and you know, social distancing and... and um, um, capacity limits all lifted. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's going to go up. The amount that the hospitalizations and ICUs have gone up are negligible. 
you know, they want to throw the 30 and 40% at you, but 30 and 40% of like 400 isn't that much. No, I, I mean, honestly. But the it's just the way it's reported that bothers me a bit. But the wastewater has really plateaued, which is very, very encouraging. I know it doesn't make for great news, mm. but it's true. I think I disagree. I love your wastewater updates. Uh, you know what a Venn diagram is? You know, it's like the two uh, models and then the things they have in common mm-hmm. in the middle is the Venn of the Venn diagram. And one of the things that the anti-vaxxers want you to think is that in hospitals, there are almost as many non-vaccinated as there are vaccinated. But as a percentage of the vaccinated population, it's pretty fucking tiny. Because over here on the big circle are all the people that are vaccinated and a very slight number of them. By the way, there are people, I know several, that have been double vaxxed, triple vaxxed, wear masks, and have still gotten COVID. Right. That isn't even the point anymore. It's that it's not as bad as if you weren't vaccinated, you dum-dums. Well, again, they don't want to talk about this. ICUs, for example, say there's 160 people or 200 people in the ICU, right? Mm-hmm. Pro- probably 60% of them are unvaxxed, but they only make up 10% of the population. <laughs> so those numbers are staggering when you think about it. Mm-hmm. 10% of the population is making up 60% of the ICUs. Is that not enough to tell you that these vaccines work? And of course, they don't work the way they were originally uh, um, promoted or hoped for, that, you know, it would prevent COVID. No, this thing's been a moving target with the variants. Yeah, but the vaccines uh, work. Well, yeah, the reason it doesn't work to the efficacy level they may have hoped for and hoped for, not predicted, is because we're on variant number six. So let's give those people credit. I'm just <clears throat> looking at the CTV news headline here. It says we should be able to ma- we should be able to manage, uh, says the provinces as uh, should be able to manage hospitalization. I'm just paraphrasing here um, as hospital as provinces experience rise in COVID-19 hospitalizations. Uh-huh. But my point about the mask and the woman in the States and mandating it not be worn on airplane it's kind of what you know you said to me at the beginning before we, we hit record about why can't you just do it why you know why not just why not just do this for each other is it really that big a deal is it that inconvenient yeah wearing a mask and breath feels weird but really for the sake of a few hours in an airplane you know like you know they don't let you smoke on airplanes anymore but at one time we did so we adapted you know, we went for the, my point being, for the, for the benefit of the, the greater good, meaning the passengers on the plane, we all stopped smoking cigarettes. Right. Well, it was mandated, though. No, no, I know. But I'm saying, it's like, it's not, you can't, if you're on that airplane, what you're doing affects everybody, is my point. No, I know, but you're pissing in the wind, too, because, you know, there's always going to be those people that don't want to wear their mask anymore. And now they have something to point to and say, look, it. the government says I don't have to. So I yes. am not. Well, the government. And too. on that whole freedom thing, I got to say, because, you know, Tony sent me a note. I think you too a couple of weeks ago saying he's still trying to get Poliev on the show. What's mm-hmm. his first name? Pierre. Pierre <clears throat> Poliev. And I'm thinking, OK, that's good. And he, that's sort of Tony's guy. But. I'm reading something on the weekend. It just it was one line about, um, you know, what he stands for. And it was the 
freedom of Canadians or something. I find that I find that so freaking offensive because mm-hmm. it 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 suggests that I'm not free. I'm right. 65 years old. I've never, ever, ever felt unfree in this country. I've been free to do whatever I want, whenever I want. And I've had enough confidence in the structure of our country that sometimes when there's rules, I follow them for the for the betterment of all. So it'll be interesting to have this guy come on our show because I want to ask that. When you talk freedom, what the fuck are you talking about? What freedom? What? Because I can't answer that question. Mm-hmm. Can you? Well, no, this is all buzzwords. That's what the whole thing is. You know, that's why the getting back to the trucker convoy um, yelling about freedoms and ending mask mandates, which were on the way to being ended anyway. But they're all just buzzwords. The same with, you know, it's all aping and parroting and echoing what they're doing in the States. And and a dog whistle doesn't necessarily always have to be right. about racism. A dog whistle can be about, you know, hey, do you think what I think? Well, then let's, you know, let's vibe together on this ridiculous stuff. But that's what Pierre Polyev is doing. Uh, Jackie is going to be with us tomorrow, Jackie Delaney. Uh-huh. And she's, I've, I've got a couple of notes from uh, things I've seen her uh, online, and I'm curious. It's too bad you won't be here for that. I, I, but, but again, because I know, I think she supports him too. Yep. But I just, that question, I just wanted to lay out, like, what freedoms have I been robbed? Well, I've been around this for a long time. I'm a senior citizen now. Mm, are you? Where, where, what freedoms have I supposedly lost or I am about to lose? Or again, does it rake it back? Does, is the seed of this really white privilege? Because Poliev, he's getting great crowds out west. Of course he Wherever is. he shows up, he's getting yeah. great crowds. And what does that remind <clears throat> you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, listen, it's... <clears throat> think about, you know, any other... You know, what politics is just like anything else. The developments in politics the last five or seven years has been, this is the playbook that you employ. So obviously we're not unaffected by it. You know, it happened in January in our, in our own version of the, you know, the insurrection. So now we have our own version of that type of politics, which is basically kind of, and, and by the way, and I don't want to dwell on this part, but I saw some stuff from Pierre Polyev this weekend and it was all very God based. And, you know, again, you scratch you know, you scratch the Republicans. It's all about the God. And, he's and that's fine. Yeah, but he may not even believe that. Like Trump, he's feeding the wing nuts. That's what he's doing. <laughs> and if Trump. they think that, if he thinks that's going to work in Canada, I'm sorry. Yeah, but elect, elections are won and lost in this goddamn province. Yeah, but it's going to work to a degree. here I am a conservative. You think I'm going to vote for the guy that... Yeah, but you're not that kind of conservative. No, I know, but that's the point. Yeah. There's, there's not enough of those wing nuts to win the election. May not win the election, but uh, you know what? Seeds are seeds are planted for a reason. Do you know how seeds work? You plant them, yeah, and then later they oh, yeah. develop. Well, that's what this is. This is plant them now. Yeah, you're right. And I brought this up in January. We don't. I barely do. I lived out there half. You know, not even half my life. I left west. I left my home province when I was twenty. So I'm more of an Eastern Canadian. But I understand the roots of this because I, I experienced it when I was there. The roots of the religion, the roots of the Aryan nations in, in Alberta, and, and to understand what's going on now, that's why he's getting so much you know, yes. purchase in Western Canada, because he's speaking to their pain, yes. you know? But in the whole, it's like, I told you about that, you know, on River Road going into Georgetown, there's a house, and the guy's got a huge sign on his front lawn that says, you know, mandate freedom. 
mm-hmm. Freedom Convoy. <laughs> like a huge sign. No. And I just want to knock on the door and say, can you explain this to me? Yeah, what are... That's a great question. Pierre Polyev, yeah. what am I not free to do? Yes. I mean, within the confines of the law. You know, there I know lots of things that are illegal, and I've done some of them, but I've been... Even that, I've been free... You know, I was thinking about the pre-weed world that... You know, how convenient it is. I just walk out my door and I buy weed where for the last 45 years I had to meet somebody, you know, at some sketchy hotel room. But, uh, yeah, so that'll be our first question. What are we not free to do? And so much of it is scare tactics. You know, the the stories I'm hearing last week about, you know, they're really, they're going to discourage, like, um, you know, paper money and cash money. That way. When they get rid of that, everything you spend, they can track and be on top of you. Forget the fact that it's wildly convenient. Most most of us don't have cash in our wallets anyway because we'd prefer to use our cards. Yeah, but that's that's what they're after. Yeah, but so I, every I, so when I when I get Johnny Johnny Slapshot a Gatorade out of the machine in Georgetown at the hockey rink with my credit card, they're gonna know. Yeah. They're gonna know. Yeah, but dude, I told you where that comes from. It comes from the number of the beast. I told you that's where it's grounded in biblical mythology. Yeah. You know, the the number of the beast, the fact that there won't be any cash, that there was just going to be a number. That's what that number is. Um, yes, it's part of the Bible. I, you know what? I, I don't know. It's like sometimes, you know, they say ignorant is bliss to be a simpleton sometimes would, you know, you're simpleton, you have a very simple life. But yes. there's a lot of simpletons now in Canada and the United States that are really getting revved up and complicating their wives because they're so simple and buying into this bullshit. All, is, all it does is give them anxiety for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, listen, man. Uh, I know we there's three or four themes that come up a lot. You know, that's one for you. For me, of course, it's religion. Constantly seeing yeah. evil where religion is... Found. I mean, and of course, this weekend being the holiest weekend and et cetera, et cetera. But what we're seeing, whether it's Putin or Trump, Polyev, it's all the same. It's all about us versus them. It's all about the pure, you know, the, you know, that phrase in French, pure lane. It's the Quebecois to, to make make Quebec pure so that non-Quebecer, you know, that's what it all was about and this is similar it's about making white people you know restoring white people to the the their rightful place as you know yeah number one race (laughs) that's really what they don't want to be number two and you know and there's some sad sad cases did i mention it on the show last week that jamie salay who used to be a a skater and won an olympic gold for canada in dancing well, she's turned into a wingnut, a wingnut, just making a fool of herself, like a, a flat-out fool of herself. And then look at, like, an Olympic gold medalist will do a lot for you, yes. even in Canada. And she's throwing it all away. And not she's not throwing it away on any great principle. She's making a fucking fool of herself. Same with Theron Fleury. Yes. Just think where he came from, you know, uh, Olympic gold with Canada and great hockey player and a great advocate for sexual child abuse. Now throwing it all away, all away for what? Jamie is married to uh, Craig Simpson. Yeah, they're 
Are they they've divorced? Split or up they've split up. They've split up, and I can understand right. why. Well, I don't know anything about her. Oh, here it comes, Lumby, though. But anyway, just I, if you get the chance, again, it's like, why would you go there? Like, yeah. and it's one thing to go someplace, but with some kind of reason or intelligence. Uh, before I forget, you mentioned uh, Bill Maher, who I was very excited to listen to last night's uh, episode of Smartless. My problem with Smartless, the last two episodes I've listened to, because they, they come on to Amazon Music a week before Spotify, which is how yeah. I know this. My problem last week was Craig Simpson, who I really like, very funny comedian and actor. And then this week I was like, oh, great. I actually went to bed early so I could watch or listen to Mar. Oh, he's the guest. This he's week. the guest. Well, you yeah, but if you're on, if you only get it on Spotify, you're only going to get it a week later. No, no, I've got Amazon. Oh, you got Amazon. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my point is, I got to stop listening to it at bedtime. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know what I why I and I went and I was I went to bed early. I was laying there on purpose listening to this podcast, <clears throat> and I still didn't get. Uh, I, I, I'm going to have to listen to it during the day because I wanted to hear what Mar had to say. And although I will say this, he's very. He's very low key at the beginning of it, but one of the first things he does is put. You know how the three of them always make fun of how like dumb they are, and then they, they're doing this little silly show. And he sort of says, "Listen, guys, I know you. Don't let's let's stop pretending. Oh. Let's stop yeah. pretending that you three aren't smart." Okay, that's one of the first things he says. Right. Um, much like our guest, he's made a career out of people thinking he. No, I'm just kidding. The gig sky guest of the day. The gig sky. I'm doing the giggy sky. I know. I'm. He is right. our. He is our gig sky guest of the day. Let me just get some appropriate music. Oh, here's a nice. You know, speaking of a friend, our gig sky guest of the day. Everybody, uh, we'll talk to the uh, hosts of Jeff and Julie move to France in a global pandemic. Uh, Jeff Lumby will be with us in a second. If you're starting to think about maybe uh, I would like to go away with a mask on an airplane, but I'm going to get out of here. Now you might go to Costa Rica, Dominican Republic, or parts uh, unknown. You deserve peace of mind when you travel. So surf like a local with the tap of a button. GigSky offers a 100% data plan. Maps, Uber, Instagram, all of it. GigSky's got you covered. And now, if you need a hotel, rent a car, or looking for things to do, GigSky Travel Rewards offer up to 50% cash back on over 850,000 hotels globally. Reduce rates for rental cars. And you can book your theme park adventure directly from your GigSky account. What? GigSky com slash travel rewards and of course download the app for ios and android and put in the promo code hf 2022 that's hf 2022 for five dollars off your first plan or visit gigsky.com for more information are you going to uh, do anything or are you just going to go right to jeff lumby well maybe i could quickly tell you about the retirement chirp i wish you the, would uh, uh, Tim, a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Tim was on last week reminding us a hey, tax deadline day is uh, quickly approaching. And, you know, sometimes you lean on those, uh, you know, those programs you buy at Staples or whatever. Yeah, you know, you might want to rethink that and get somebody to actually do your taxes because often they can save you more than what those programs save you or you think you're saving. You follow what I'm saying? I do. I'm Just following. Just another tax tip. A tax tip from the retirement Sherpa who reminds us, yes, get your stuff in order because tax deadline day is uh, approaching quickly. Uh, Tim, did I say is a portfolio manager? Say whatever you want, man. 
Uh, Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. He licensed on both sides of the border. I'll tell you you who can do it all is our guest today. He's like not only an amazing radio broadcaster and television personality and actor and uh, incredible uh, craftsman, uh, voiceover artist, impressionist. Can also uh, recommend a wow. nice wine. I'm just let me. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost coming to the end. It's quite impressive. So awesome. Uh, but one of my favorite people. I'll just say that right now. One of my very, very dear friends, Jefferson Aloysius Lumby. I don't even know your middle name. Do you even have a middle name? It's William. I don't think that's right. I love when people argue about dumb. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think you know your middle name. Do you know my middle name? Uh. Rupert, I, I, I believe it's Rupert. Rupert. You know what? Nothing would make me happier than if my middle name was Rupert. <laughs> it really would make me very happy. What's your? What is it, Barney or something? Like what is it? It's not Barney. It's Alan. It's Alan. Oh, Alan. Yes, Alan. Alan. Mm. Alan. Hey, Jeff, are you are you Jeffrey? Or no, I'm Jefferson. Actually, really? Yes. Oh, I thought Howard was kidding when he said Jefferson. Oh. No, that's that's it. It's like. Uh, there's William Jefferson Clinton and there's Jefferson William Lumby. And you guys have so much in common, the two. No, I know. No, I, yeah. Hey, Freddie, you're... I I actually like my name. You should like your name. Freddie, your middle name is Richard, right? Yeah, after my dad. Freddie Dick Patterson. I'm named after my grandfather and my father. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Frederick, such a great name. I saw your... uh, well, yeah, I mean, Fred's, Fred remains popular to this day. No one has named their kid Howard since me in 1960. <laughs> that was the last time. And who thought that was a good name? I know what we'll do. We'll name him Howard. Um, Jeffy, uh, I saw your eyebrows go up when I mentioned Bill Maher, but you, you and I have been talking about Maher lately. Oh, yeah. I, you know, uh, it's funny. Um, we watched a, a stand-up routine of his from 2008. And I, I know after watching that why I've never really been a fan of his because in 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 his stand-up he's really preachy but lately on his show and i think i think covid had something to do with this because when he was restricted to doing his shows without an audience on zoom or whatever it was for some reason and maybe i'm wrong maybe it's just a feeling i had but his whole tone changed and he he just became uh a little more um thoughtful with the way he made his points as opposed to on a box and uh, you know you know what i'm saying uh and uh so anyway i've really become a fan of his lately and uh no more than in uh a piece i i posted from his show a couple of weeks ago where he's talking about uh freedom of speech and and the woke generation and the cancel culture. And, and it, it was just, it was really, really fantastic. I saw that where he used the pointer and went up to yeah. the board. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's why I admire him as well, because you admire anybody that can play both sides. And he says it. You know, he still rips the shit out of the far right. And so he should because they're fucking crazy. <laughs> but he, he also attacks the left because they've become so silly. So the fringe of the left, they're every bit as silly as the people on the far right are crazy. And he calls them both out. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and one, of, one of my favorite parts uh, of this piece, uh, to your point, Fred, is he says uh, the, the people who are offended by speech right now aren't 87-year-old Bible Belt grandmas. They're right. 
20 year old college kids, you know, yes. and, and it's, mm. it's true. And it was such a really solid point. By the really way, if you're, solid. if you're looking for this piece, it's called Explaining Jokes to Idiots, Oscars edition. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I don't totally agree that it's just 20 year old woke, you know, whatever that millennials, I guess, uh, because there's some glut in the middle of America. No, I, his point, I, I'm sorry, Howard, but I, I believe his point was just simply to say it used to be that the only people offended in the world were the Bible. Belt Got it. Yeah, yeah. No, it. no, that's a fair point. He's no, just adding. Yeah. But but I'll, I'll, I'll say I'm going to go back to what you said initially, because I remember I remember being a stand up fan. So I remember when he was just Bill Maher, the stand-up guy, and I always loved him on Carson. You could always tell, like, talk show people loved him because they could sense that he had more to say than just, you know, a regular entertainer. He's a bright guy. But as far as the way he used to do his act, I mean, listen, you know, we've all changed our acts as he as we've gotten older, and I think his his act has evolved. And Jeff, I think you make a good point that maybe the pandemic, because you have to be a little bit smaller a little bit quieter, whatever, you start to... Maybe he's not as preachy, but I think a lot of that from the early 2000s, that was just the way he did his his thing, right? Agreed. But, yeah. but again, on the cancel culture thing, that's what I like about him as well, because cancel culture really took off during the pandemic. And he's not so left, or he's not so dedicated to a team that he can't look at a lot of this cancel culture and go, it's coming from the left, but it's stupid. Yep. You know, and he also makes the point... How often are people in a position now where they go to laugh at something and go, should I be laughing at this? Am yeah, I man. supposed to laugh at this? <clears throat> so well, even, though I, you, even though you may find it genuine, genuinely funny, now you're overly conscious about whether you should find it funny. Yeah. And that's sad. That's just and, sad. Well, and, and, and further, to, further to that, he, he mentions that the worst form of censorship is self-censorship. Because yes. it, it goes that's exactly it. to that yeah, point, no. Fred. Here, here, people are trying to create comedy, and they're second guessing themselves because and, of, of the cancel culture. And Jeffy, he's not the. I've heard that. I've been listening to a bunch of Sarah Silverman. A bunch of people yeah. have been saying that. Mm-hmm. That's part of the problem of you know the problem. Part of the challenge of doing stand up now or any kind of comedy is because because censorship of yourself is really getting in the way of who knows what. I think somebody made it. it might have been Mar, but somebody made the point of what are we not hearing now? Oh, it was Mar. It was Mar. Yeah. Oh, because well, maybe I read that. Maybe. Or maybe you told me what what isn't being said for the sake because somebody's a bit That's timid it. to say it out loud because really guys the thing we laugh at especially the three of us but the thing that people laugh is the surprise is the un, inappropriate is like ooh, you know sometimes you're gonna say some provocative stuff on the way to other stuff but the problem is if you can if you can never say that then who knows what you're going to finally end up with. It's all going to be very And we're in this whole phase of protecting people that don't even really want to be protected. Yes. Like when it comes maybe to ethnic jokes or something where a few years ago people could say them and, you know, those affected might laugh along with it and go, oh, yeah, that is a trait of our culture or whatever. All that's off the fucking table now. Well, and, and, you know, uh, something that uh, I've noticed is, and and the Gilbert Godfrey getting fired from Aflac is a, is a classic example. So he gets hired because of who he is, because yes. of what he does by Aflac, and he gets fired for the same reason. I think when uh, I, I think we need to call out corporations and 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 have them if they're going to uh, if they're going to hire people based on an ability or a talent, 
they, they need to stick with them. They need they, people need more stones in this business. You know, they're going to get a few hate. Uh, you know, they're going to get a somebody went to a Gilbert Gottfried concert and they're going to call Aflac and said, do you know what he said? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and those two or three calls are going to get him fired from it. Like it just it makes no sense to me whatsoever. And, and Gilbert said sort of famously that because there was a after he died uh, last week, somebody sent me an article from CNN where he had talked about basically the, just this thing about discrimination and then basically speaking of the fact that he was fired he said so let me get this straight you had a problem with me but then you hired somebody who sounded just like me mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it's like okay so the guy who said those things that you disagree with but you still want his voice and image for your company there you go well there that's where go. we're at but let me ask that's you a question great example jeff about yeah. red green jeff was on red green for uh, the better part of a you know, 20 years, 16 years, I think. When you look back, or if you were to look back at some of the stuff that Red Green was doing, I'm not sure if it's a good question or would you... My point is, does some of that stuff stand up or would it be like, ooh, we couldn't do that now? No, the, the only thing that doesn't stand up is is optics on that show because because uh, of the cast. Everybody, pretty much everybody on the show, with the exception of... Uh, of Graham Greene uh, was a, was a white guy. Right. Um, so maybe that, but, but, but that to me has never mattered. I mean, it's a show that somebody wanted to make with these characters. There's no racism involved. Um, it's, it's, it's just that now you see uh, uh, a greater diversity on, on shows and, and you know what, the, the there's both good and bad and bad there. I mean, the, the good is that we're seeing, a better representation of Canada on TV. The bad is maybe sometimes people don't necessarily get cast uh, on a, on a meritocracy basis. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, but no, uh, the jokes all hold up on red green. There is nothing there. That's sort of anachronism uh, uh, based on today's norms uh, that I can think of. <clears throat> Plus the setting for that in you know, rural Canada. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Farmer hick guys. Well, you know what? I I grew up spending summers north of Peterborough my whole life. And you know what? They were all white guys that were like that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, there 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 weren't any non-whites like that. Um, so it, it, it is representative of yes, uh, what it was. Matter. You, Absolutely. You, you know, it's gone so. I mean, listen, when Jeff and I started, you know, auditioning in this city years ago when you first moved here, you know, there would be, you'd go into an audition and there would be mostly guys that looked like us. And then it changed over time, et cetera, et cetera, to the point where there were less guys being cast that looked like us mm-hmm. in, in deference to. In trying to accommodate others. In fact, you know, the the old white guy as a caricature or whatever isn't really seen much. You, you know, you talk about diversity in casting. There aren't a lot of, you know, our category of diversity in casting. Well, and, and you just need to take a look at any... Any commercial uh, these days and you, yeah. you, Bank of Montreal, Bank of Nova Scotia and boxes are being ticked. There are boxes being ticked yep. when, when when casting these commercials. Right. You now. know, it's the whole pendulum thing, too. I'll tell you, I don't think there's a commercial uh, television commercial being produced in Canada that doesn't have an interracial couple, which is great. I'm part of an interracial couple. But right. the thing is, you're part of an interspecies if it's, if it's couple to be if it's supposed to, you know, be an example of the country or or reflect the country they, they've way gone they've gone way oh, overboard yeah. 
because the percentage of interracial couple, uh, couples isn't that. It's isn't one hundred percent. You know what? It could be though, Fred. It could be. Okay, we only have money for three people in this commercial. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh man, I, I went to a, a movie with Rachel the other night, and the pre. You know, on the pre-show when they're showing commercials, there was a commercial for, I think it was Scotiabank, Fred, and it was one of the most expensive commercials, Jeff, I've ever seen. In fact, that was my instant takeaway. Like, there were 15 different setups in this commercial, and you don't really know what it's for. One of those commercials where you don't really get the reveal till the last 15 seconds of the spot, and in the first 45 seconds, I'm like, is this a movie? But uh, the point is, there were less... There, This wasn't a, uh, a casting issue in terms of money. There just wasn't... There was just... Everyone was represented, but an inordinate amount of interracial couples and, uh, and uh, oh, other... other couples. And by the way, yeah. when I said you're part of an interspecies couple, I meant, you know, Doll's a human being and you're us, you know. Well, of course. We're one of our people. That goes without saying. Hey, Jeff, here's a great here's a great quote from, uh, again, this is what we're talking about. It's called uh, Explaining Jokes to Idiots. Just look it up on YouTube. And one of the first comments is uh, something I love that Gervais has said before. Just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. Doesn't mean and, you're right. And, it's and just that's perfect. the problem. With offending groups of people, it doesn't necessarily mean they're right. But well, and that's that's the biggest problem I have is that this sort of elitist, uh, narcissistic group of people, and that's what they are. They're coming out and saying, "Oh my God, I'm offended, so you shall now yes. be offended. You shall not be able to enjoy what I'm offended by." No, exactly. It's like I'm offended, so you shouldn't be able to hear it or say it. That's mm-hmm. right. Or, and that's a real problem. And on some levels, it's been weaponized as well. Because if you don't like somebody, you just wait for them to go there just a bit. Yeah. And now you can use that against them. Because when you use the R word against somebody, I'll tell you, that's hard to shake. I mean, you're, you know, you're stained with that and it's hard to recover. It really is. You know, it's happened. Well, it often happens in politics, right? Somebody, well, and, and- and this is one of the reasons that I'm I'm actually uh, I, I can't. Elon Musk is a strange cat. Yeah, he is. Uh, there are so many things that I disagree. Rich with people him. are crazy. I mean, <laughs> uh, but but one of the things that I love about this this Twitter possible takeover is the fact that he's addressing free speech. Like he's actually going out there and saying, "Okay, you know what? I've had it with you. A group of people saying what is what can and cannot be said." That that is way above or below the law. Like hate speech is 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 written in the law books. Okay, but what is going on with Facebook and Twitter right now is way beyond that. They're covering political speech. They're censoring all kinds of things that aren't covered in the law. And so all of a sudden, this private guy comes along, and I think he's scaring the bejesus out of the people who really want to censor the world. No. I was going to, well, and, and again, you're right. He's a strange guy. And, and I said, you know, rich people are crazy. He's got so much money that he can do this, not a, on a whim, because it's $54 billion or whatever, $50 billion. But still, to make a point, he can carve off yeah. $50 billion and still be the richest guy in the world. Um, but, but, yeah, but can I just make one point on that? Yes. Again, when you sign up for Facebook and Twitter, you have to sign that code of conduct thing. They mm-hmm. own the company. It's up to them. If he's got all this money he's so pissed off, do what asshole Trump did. Start his own and go crazy. Open it up to the world. But Twitter and Facebook are well within their right to censor what's on their platform. They well, don't what, owe anything to anybody. Well, And what they were censoring 
like it or was, not. What they were, for not just hate speech, a lot of it was COVID-related. That's how all this started. One of the reason that Trump mm-hmm. got censored was a lot of COVID, right. you know, mythology and con- conspiracy stuff. Well, yeah, so now they're they're controlling the misinformation. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> Which yeah. Which is kind of funny. No, no I know. But, Jeff, and I, I totally, listen, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying the way they're structured, they're well within their right to do it. If you don't like it, just don't use it. Well, yeah. Very no, but, simple. But if if you don't like it and somebody like this comes along, it's kind of refreshing. Oh, yeah. OK. No, well, yeah. It's you know, re- I'm not arguing with that. I, I'm just. But I'll guarantee you, side. if he takes it over, there'll still be a code of conduct. You'll still have to hit terms of, mm-hmm. you know, do you agree to the uh, terms of uh, whatever that is, that phrase. I don't want you to go before we talk a little bit about Jeff and Julie uh, moved to France oh, yes. in a global pandemic produced by produced lovingly, by the way, by Humble and Fred dot com. Uh, go to our website if you're looking for episodes. Also, follow Jeff as uh, we all do on Facebook. In fact, the podcast that we're talking about now, Jeff and Julia moved to France in the global pandemic, uh, is actually got its own Facebook page. And I think that's fantastic. Uh, Jeff's yeah. uh, latest episode, uh, I know the story, but do you want to maybe sum it up for us uh, quickly about um, getting your cars over there? Because that's fascinating to a lot of people, I think. Uh, well, uh, yeah, that's a couple ago, but uh, yeah, oh, okay. the, the the one car we actually had to get rid of because there was so much uh, red tape and and hoops to jump through. We basically had to sell it for parts once we got it here. <laughs> you know, so so uh, it, now the I also brought a tractor over here and a and a side by side ATV, but they're staying on the property, so there's no issue with that. That's like mm-hmm. bringing over a piece of furniture. But the right. second you want to put something on the road here. Just don't, just don't do it. If you're going to move somewhere, and probably this is not exclusive to France, just sell the car. Nothing is that important that, that mm-hmm. you can't get another one here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just That's make funny. It like we had to change things like the color of the turn signals. I mean, and, 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 and oh. oh, yeah, you, you can't have writing on the mirrors. So, you know, oh. that thing, objects maybe yeah. closer, those had to go. And then we did all that. And then there were still hoops to jump through. And we just said, OK, we got a fisher cut bait here. So we just got rid of the thing. OK, well, that, I, I got some uh, notes about that episode. What, what is the latest episode as we wrap up here? What are people looking for? What are you talking about on the latest episode of Jeff and Julie moved to France? Well, we had some we had some guests arrive, so we were. It's, it was kind of nice that we've been able to start talking about some of the things that we're we're seeing and experiencing here, as opposed to just all of the uh, the the trials of uh, getting all of our cards and our residency looked after and health cards and driver's license. So so we're actually starting to do what we originally intended on doing, which was talking about the the sort of the beauties of France and. And, uh, you know, again, we're you guys are, are welcome to come and visit. Uh, and I understand that might be in the works. Well, we're working mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, working on it. I know. I mean, it's, it's gotten very uh, we've moved. To, we've moved that needle. Um, we're <laughs> looking at the needle is moving. Yeah. He's moved the needle to I think we might want to maybe go here. I'll tell you what. I've released. uh Rachel Hilton loves nothing more than to start planning. And I said to her yesterday after I... Oh, you released the hounds? Oh, yeah. I said to her, listen, I'm going to say something. Please don't start researching just yet. I know. But what I would know. you think about this? And then I sent you Same a note. Same with Julie. So uh, I can tell you that an, I, there'll be an itinerary. 
Uh, Sometime sure. soon. I wanted to mention, uh, this was from, I can't remember, Jeff, if it's from Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, but somebody sent us a note and said, hey, guys, I noticed your guest for tomorrow is Jeff Lumby. Been listening to the Move to France podcast and wondering if you can ask Jeff, is there any significance to them using the song Fuzzy and Blue by Sesame Street as their theme song? Is it really? Is this... Uh, let me just check. I, I found it. Is this the... Uh... No. Fuzzy oh, this... and blue. That's me. I'm fuzzy and blue. That's not your theme song, it's is it? The okay. No. <laughs> it's too bad. No. I think it, it would be wow. fun. Yeah. I'd... Where did they come up with that? I have no idea. I mean, says, if, you, if you've got one of them there, just hit it. It's the first thing that comes up on the podcast. It's nothing like that. All right. That's, that's kind of odd. Maybe he was listening to a different podcast. <laughs> that, that, really was just, odd. that would be our luck. And you have never, ever even played that for any reason. No. <laughs> well, that's ridiculous. All right, I think what? someone's eating something that's fuzzy and blue. Okay. <laughs> Here's the uh, theme song. of our podcast is on. Today, uh, Jeff receives the verdict on his mountain of traffic tickets. Julie introduces you to our first guests to France. And we're starting to wonder if they even have body shops for cars here. Welcome to Jeff and Julie move to France during a global pandemic. Uh, available wherever you get podcasts. Look for it on Spotify, everywhere else. Uh, it really is uh, interesting, informative, entertaining, and uh, Jeff will be making another appearance with us uh, in just uh, you know another month or so. <clears throat> All right, Lumby, uh, thank you very much, my friend. All right, well, we'll talk to you later then. Yes, you will. Thanks, Jeff. Okay, good luck in the one r- first round. I, I mean, what did I no. say? First round, not yeah. one round. Of course. No, they're out. They're, they won't get past Wait, 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 wait. Are the Habs even in the playoffs? Are they going to make the playoffs? He's talking about the Leafs. I know what he's talking about. I'm talking about the Habs. Are they going to make he the playoffs? He was playoff? supporting you, Freddie. He was no. being yeah, supportive I was. of you. No, Habs are the second worst team. In I the came league. to your defense. I know. They're going to. They're the second worst team in the league that knocked the Leafs out last year. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hi, Dan. But hey, but hey, wait. Jeff. Legit question. Are the Habs going to make the playoffs? Or no? No, no they're not. No. Okay. They cool. were eliminated, I think, before Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> read, read, read a paper. All right. <laughs> yeah, listen, you know I've got my head uh, in one sport and one sport only. Yes. Tennis. Uh, all right, Lumby. <laughs> uh, Jeff, uh, let's talk in the next couple of days. Sounds good, guys. All Take right, care. Pal. Hi, Dan. Take care. And hey, by the yeah. way, great picture of your mom. Very sweet picture yes. there on Facebook. Oh, I know. Yeah, See, yeah. Mom was able to visit recently. It was awesome. It was just fantastic. You know, for, you know, it's funny because Jeff's, you know, got a bunch of people coming there, you know, his family, and then he's got some friends, and he's, you know, kind of excited to see people. But I'm just wondering, in the reality, knowing what, you know, you know knowing you and people, is it, at some point you're like, what, why did I want this? Get Go home now. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, spacing, we're spacing them out. All right. Yeah. Uh, thanks, right. Lumpy. Bye-bye. All right. There you go, Bye-bye. Jeff Lumpy, moving to France in a global pandemic. Dan Duran. Yeah. Uh, do you want to we uh, do you want to because Tim uh, from HealthGage isn't uh, scheduled uh, for a bit here. Do you want to, you know, endeavor to get into the news or wait? Uh, also, we've got you've got to be here for the intern, Kyle Kirby. Uh, that'll be after Tim Daniels. Maybe you can adjudicate his content. Fred, did you want to do something? 
Well, yeah, I want to tell you about Bodog. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room, to their fully loaded casino and race book, yes, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. For example, tonight, your Leafers uh, <clears throat> hosting the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, the Flyers pay $320 to win, so obviously the Leafs a heavy favorite there. Uh, over under seven goals. So you can play that game today at Bodog. You know, excuse my not knowing <clears throat> whether the Habs had made the playoffs or not. I don't know. Like, is it is it almost, is the regular season almost over? Yeah, the Leafs, I think, have six games left. And uh, have they been eliminated, the Habbies? Yeah, oh, yeah, long ago. They have the second worst record in the league. Interesting. So this team that didn't change much from last year, other than Carey Price didn't play. It's a very pretty big change. No, that's true. And defenseman, what's his head? Mm. The big guy. Forget. Can't even remember. Here's a quick sports question for you. Third highest earning athlete of all time behind Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan. And I'm not... In, I, listen, if there's an F1 element to this i i'm not using that i i don't know soccer, I'm not, soccer athletes hmm. yeah i'm talking about pardon me dan what did you say what soccer guy i i don't know it's actually not a soccer guy it's not a soccer guy and he made most of his money away from the sport it would be basketball wouldn't it it's, no it's not a basketball player it's somebody that you wouldn't so think who are one and two then? one and two are tiger and jordan Oh, okay. And both have earned over a billion dollars. Is it another golfer? It is another golfer. Jack Nicklaus. Arnold Palmer. Oh, Arnold Palmer. Arnold Arnold Palmer remains the third highest, you know, net worth athlete. And he made $1.5 billion and $6 million of that was from golf. Like, actually, on on the golf course, the rest of it was just being Arnold Palmer. I mean, he made his golf money when they were making clubs on a wood lake. <laughs> <laughs> they, were making, they were making their balls out of, like, fucking feathers and goat stomach and whatever they used to make them out of. Yeah, I just thought that didn't was interesting. Didn't and he I, have a cigarette, too? Uh, no, he did not. Okay. No. A cigarette? No. By the way, he on... named a, after him? Yeah. I thought he had a cigarette. No, he had a drink named after him. Oh, you're um, thinking of Arnold Palmall. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, look. oh, that is good. Hey, uh, here's uh, Dave Little just sent us a note on Facebook. Morning, Howard. Just watching, listening to you guys and was interested in the Noom discussion. I, too, have been using the app. By the way, if you are using the app, there the promo code, it's not a promo code. It's really a code to basically let them know that you signed up through us. Mm. And I'm saying this now because I, I'm going to... There's no discount. It's not expensive. I think it's what did you say? It's sixty bucks or something, Dan. Yeah, something like that. Okay. I, mean, I got a, I got a discount because, uh, well, I don't know. They just said, "Hey, you." I, I tried a promo code. And oh, nice. It didn't work. And then uh, and then it's hey, hey here's fifteen percent off. So, but for less than sixty bucks a month for a couple of months. Uh, Anyway, Dave Little said, uh, I've been using the app. I'm down 10 pounds. Fred mentioned boiled potatoes, and I've been making 
German potato salad, which had no dairy. I follow this recipe, but only use half the bacon. Thought you and it, Fred, might be interested in his German potato salad. I am. I love potato salad. No, I would definitely. Yeah, because my mother, or my mother-in-law, not my mother, she's dead. Mama dead. My mother-in-law makes a potato salad that I love, but Mm. it's like, it's crazy, uh, it's crazy red, let's call it that. Is it really? Well, it's got, it's got, like... Yeah, just a lot of stuff like mayonnaise and things like that. Sloppy, delicious stuff. You know, I never, I don't, I gotta, I don't like traditional potato salad that you get in like. Fat, I just fucking hate it. I always found it too creamy. But real, like Rachel makes a really good one. Real potato yeah. salad, like yeah. with all the dill and the the dressing. <laughs> I, I, earlier, you know, it's funny. We're now now we're doing listener email. Uh, while the show is going on, here's one from Rudra. I mentioned earlier in the show, no one is no one's named their kid Howard for 70 years. Right. Rudra just texts me. I golfed on Sunday with someone named Howard. All right. That is weird. <laughs> he golfed in that weather yesterday? Sunday. Oh, Sunday. Oh, yesterday was Monday. That's yeah, we haven't even talked about yesterday's weather. Right. It started snowing sideways at first, and then it just looked like... It looked like we missed... The entire summer, and it was December again. Dan, you're a yeah, former weatherman. What do you say about that? Oh, I didn't evaluate the weather part of it. I know it was mm-hmm. a nor'easter that came in, and uh, mm-hmm. it hit pretty much mm-hmm. you know a, a huge swath in North America. But it was but like even, Christmas. Even before that, it's been cool. It's like, and the most aggravating part is this time of the year. I could get in the car today and drive for like five hours, maybe six, mm-hmm. in a completely different climate. Yeah, like spring has sprung, like eighteen, nineteen degrees every day. Like, like oh, anyway. And you know what? It's gonna it's gonna just turn around like that, like it has the last couple of years, and probably get hot within a couple of weeks. But well, according to this, uh, here I believe it's called the forecast, Fred. <clears throat> Tomorrow, you know, it's gonna be like eleven and sunny, seventeen, and uh, a few showers on Thursday, Friday, thirteen and sunny. Next week, Sunday, 19, Monday, 18, Tuesday, 12. Well, look at the 12 there. I'm sorry for being negative, but what's with the 12? (laughs) What's with the 12? It's going to bounce around for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yesterday was... weeks, you're bouncing around. I mean, yeah, when it started yesterday, (laughs) I get a... I had a text from Rachel. What in the absolute fuck? And I laugh. Because I'm like, I don't know, man. It's just... What happened? It all, and I was, you could feel it during the day yesterday. I was out with Stan in the middle of the day, and it was just starting to turn and getting that icy gray sky and fucking cold and windy. Yeah, let's just yeah, let that settle, you know? I know. And then, of course, oh, mix of sun and clouds on Sunday, uh, 19, which is nice, but Monday is 18, but it just shows like 80% chance of rain. So, mm-hmm. April showers, eh? Bring May flowers. <laughs> and I, you know, I love when people start saying, say the climate, the climate change, the climate, climate. But yesterday was just, you know, I'm sure it snowed on April, you know, 18th before. Well, the long term may, hey, look at here. This is encouraging May 3rd, cloudy and a high of 10. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, okay. You know, um, you know, 
You can find something negative in everything. Oh, yes, you can. But I find... If you look hard enough. But I prefer... Oh, no, you don't even have to look hard. I prefer to look for the positive. After all, we're not dead. Um, I don't see Tim Daniels, Fred, so or and Dan, so why don't you hang on just a couple more minutes? Yeah. Uh, or we could start the news, and then we may have to stop it, Dan. I know you don't like that. Um, we could, uh, yeah, come back to it. Because you know what's going to happen. As soon- this <clears throat> Rejoin the program already in progress. Yeah, as soon as That's I hit yeah. this, he's going to sign Here's in. to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang. The oh, quintessential literally, anchor man. I'm not His joking. Is nice and- I'm not joking. As soon as I right. hit that, he signed okay. in. All right. All right. Well, now that we know what we're doing. Okay. Okay. I just love the fact that, the, you know, two of the three of us, you know, grew up in Western Canada where it wasn't unusual for it to snow in April. No. Not and, now April. We're, and now we're like, oh, yeah. please. Why us? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Did it snow in Italy? No, but you, I, bet you it didn't, I bet you it didn't snow in Florence yesterday. It did not. It was uh, a good 20, 22 degrees. No. Oh, was it windy? Did the wind ruin it? <laughs> yeah, it must my hair yeah. can't tell it. <laughs> yeah, Tim, my uh my son was in Naples last ah, week. Okay. And mm-hmm. uh that's he came home the other day just talking about how beautiful the weather was in Naples. It was like twenty two and sunny and yeah. springy and the city was alive and exactly. you know. Well we just talked to our Tim we just, we just talked to our friend who lives in the south of France, uh, a longtime friend of all of ours. And I, and I I know in where he is, which is south of Toulouse, I think it was. It's already twenty degrees, eighteen degrees, twenty two. But but you and I, Tim and Dan, grew up in Alberta. It wasn't on because what you maybe didn't hear. It snowed like crazy, like snowed full on, eight to ten centimeters snow on the ground yesterday. But I know the three of us. We had lots of Aprils where it snowed in Moose Jaw. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, I, I remember, you know, years back when I was living in Edmonton, there was one year where it it, it snowed, and and I, I I don't just mean you know flakes in the air. I mean on the ground and staying on the ground, you know, for hours or days. It snowed every month except July. Every month. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> depressing. It is. I do not miss those days. Mm-hmm. No, I can imagine. Actually, you know, Fred and I were talking about the watch. One of the things that you know we talk about with uh, Tim, obviously, is Health Gauge and the Phoenix. And and I've been sending you some correspondence from listeners who are having great experiences. The 39-year-old guy who listens to our show that had a heart procedure, got the watch. I mean, whether you're in your 30s or in your 60s like us, it's a great way to keep track of what's going on. But one of the things that Fred and I talked briefly before the show, Tim, is just how good the customer service is. Wow. Um, the customer good. service experience with HealthGage, and we've had some listeners you know, this is not working or I need to help help me reboot the watch. Yeah. It always comes back that they, they, the experience with anyone, anyone in tech or any support yeah. has been great for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's good to hear. Thank you for that, Howard. And I learned that some years back from a good friend of mine who is head of IT for a big, big, it's actually a medical company, uh, but he runs the IT department and they're listed on the New York Stock Exchange. So they're, you know, a company that does billions of dollars a year in revenue. 
And um, and he uses, you know, Apple products. And I always, you know, would give him a hard time of that, about that, saying, you know, why somebody like you who's so tech savvy, why aren't you using something that gives you more, um, you know, customization options uh, that, you know, Android gives you uh, that that Apple, you know, historically doesn't. And his answer was so on the money. He said, you know, because. I turn it on and it works, mm-hmm. and that's all I really want. Is I, you know, I just want it to work, and I, you know, the take-home lesson from that was not lost on me. That uh, you know, when people are using this device here, they, they they just want it to work, and and when it doesn't, I, you know, I've said to our guys, get on it, fix it, make mm-hmm. sure that that the customer experience is always there. Isn't it interesting too that you know customer service doesn't get talked about as much, but it's one of those things where because of everyone's connectivity, if you have a bad experience, whether it's health gauge or, you know, local restaurant, you can go and whine to the world now, you know, whereas before you had to write a sternly written letter to some company, which you wouldn't do, but now everyone can in real time go, this sucked or it didn't. And I think it's significant that those, those reviews from your customers are that it didn't suck. But even yeah, the well, that's great. Even marrying the watch with the app, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. not everybody's super tech savvy. So if you have some yeah. questions about that, the guys are right there. Because honestly, yeah. I had a couple of questions about sure. what exact, what am I missing here, or what do I have to do to make this happen? And uh, yeah. yeah, very prompt, yeah, and, very. Prompt. And I'll tell you, Fred, that you know that sort of feedback is really important. Not not only from the perspective mm-hmm. of helping you make your product work better. But from our perspective, because, you know, we we live this stuff. And so some of this stuff becomes, you know, second nature to us. Right. And we forget that there's folks out there that are picking it up for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, some of these things are, are not so intuitive. And so um, we try to learn from that and, uh, um, and and constantly upgrade so that, you know, the next version of it is more intuitive and, you know, yep. easy for people to use. So. Well, you've got that nailed, I'll tell you. Um, healthgauge.com is where you go and look for it. It's called the Phoenix. Uh, and as we've been saying, it's uh, fairly easy to use. But if you had any trouble with it, you could just get a hold of the company. And Daniels is in charge of that. And, you know, he's figured it out. Um, I know you've been busy lately. How So before we wrap you up here, uh, any well, there's a couple things quickly before we go. Um, how are things uh, COVID-wise for you? I know you guys... You know, are the mask mandates all stopped there in Florence, restaurants, etc.? There's um, some new rules coming down now. Um, we still have the indoor mask mandate, although I believe that's about to change, you know, imminently now. Okay. Um, but uh, but still, people are, 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 are pretty cautious, and maybe because it's such a, a tourist city, a transient city. I mean, at any one given point in time, there's probably a half a million or more foreigners in Florence. And, mm-hmm. you know, as we walk down the street, we're hearing a half dozen languages at a, at a time. Um, and uh, and so, we're you know, we're aware that there's people coming and going daily. 
And uh, and so the locals tend to be, you know, fairly cautious. And, and well, it makes uh, sense. Mask wearing is, is still, you know, it, it's it's really popular. Timmy, it's mm-hmm. like it's like I went to a restaurant the other day with one of my daughters and uh, everyone in the restaurant was unmasked. But the servers were all wearing masks because, again, right. you know, the people coming in are transient. But they're, uh, you yeah. know, I, I it totally makes sense. Uh, the big story, of course, in the States is that they've struck down a. a a mask mandate on aeroplanes, but I'll tell you, I'm not for me and I don't know about you, but I'm not taking my mask off. Certainly not on a plane, but you know, I went to a few events this weekend. Was at Cirque du Soleil. I've been to a movie and it's like, I'm keeping it on again. I said to Fred, I found more people in our age category seem to have them on. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's true. And, and, you know, reading the news, what's going on in China right now? Um, you know, there, there's there's a lull in in the Western world, but this thing isn't over, yeah. and we've got to all remember mm-hmm. that. And and uh, the more of us who you know who stay diligent, uh, the better off all of us are. So, yeah. you know, Howard, you mentioned people our age. I think it buys into what we were talking about last week. The older you get, especially into your 60s like me, mortality is on your mind a lot more than it is when you're 30 and invincible. And I think that's why people our age keep them on, because it's like, geez, you know, I'm of an age that statistics are against me. So, yeah, I'll keep the mask on because I don't want to get it. I'm, I'm so jealous because I started thinking about my mortality at age 12 and I've never slept since. Um, <laughs> hey, Tim Daniels, thank you very much for your service. The Health Gauge Watch Humble Fred HD gets you 15% off. I will send you for the third week in a row a meeting request. Yes. Uh, the Fred men and I have some questions uh, and we wanted to just update you on what we're doing. Uh, I'll try again this week and uh, all the best to you and the family. Thanks for uh, dropping in this morning. All right, guys. Have a great Thanks, one. Thanks, Tim. There's good Tim Daniels. Always Health Gauge. Always a pleasure. I don't take this thing off. The first thing I do is, how many hours did I sleep? Um, I know you already did the uh, Bodog thing, mm-hmm. but I also want to do this, if I may. Now that we have a bit of a lull, hang on. There's a few people. Uh, Dan Duran standing by. Let me get him on. Dan Duran and then uh, intern Kyle is here. Okay, it's all going to make sense. Uh, but first, while we're waiting for everyone to say hi, listen to this important message. Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard. <sighs> You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. All right, Kyle Kirby standing by. Uh, the big intern story from a week ago. You know the story. He didn't bother. He felt uh, he didn't need to be here on time. I can't remember. It's been a week now. I don't remember the motivation, Dan. But uh, I all remember is it was, a, it was a terrible controversy, which we will recreate, exaggerate, and berate uh, in a moment or two. But first, Dan Duran, where were we? Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Danderan, the anchorman comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Danderan, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Lakeside For only a few more weeks 
as he looks out over the water, uh, nostalgic for when it was ice and he could make sculptures with it. Very busy. Dan, wow. <laughs> now, here's Dan Duran. Well, you can go on and on, can't you? I can. Dan would often then think, what could I be doing? What, I, what should I be? Anyway, please continue. Yeah, okay. Hey, it's time for Tucker's take on testicle tanning. Yay, I love this story. By the way, uh, Tucker's middle names, uh, it's Tucker Swanson McNear Carlson, just what in a, case you wanted to know. What a fucking twerp. <laughs> So over at Fox News, uh, they're heavily invested in the idea that uh, a decrease in testosterone is making men more liberal and less masculine. Yes. And uh, many of its uh, remaining advertisers still sell pills that promote, uh, you know, increasing men's testosterone and uh, and, uh, conservatism. Anyway, uh, Tucker has... Dan, we Dan. just missed like yeah. a, a few sentences there. Yeah, you, you kind of you you warbly dorbled there. You said Tucker then. Oh, no. Say it again. Oh, to start the sentence with, the Tucker did. Okay, so Tucker has a new special called The End of Man. Did yes. No, I know we didn't. Now we did, yes. Okay, it talks about testicle tanning with red LED light. Yes. <laughs> it's an unproven testicle technology that uh, was on the show. is heralded by a model-looking dude sounding something like this. Um, if you want to optimize and take it uh, to another level, expose yourself to red light therapy. Yes. Um, and the juve um, that we were using in the documentary, there's a massive amount Which of that. testicle tanning. It's testicle tanning, but it's also full body uh, red light therapy, Uh which has massive amount of benefits. And there's so much data out there um, that isn't being picked up on or covered. So obviously half the viewers right now are like, what? That's testicle tanning? That's crazy. But my view is, okay, testosterone levels crash and nobody says anything about it. That's crazy. Half the viewers? I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> Here's the thing. I read this story, and I, it's funny. I almost sent it to you, but my f- my main takeaway is this fucking guy would would recommend you put red light fucking therapy on your balls, but not wear a mask. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like really? And of all the people to talk about testosterone, oh, a spineless exactly. little fucking, fucking twer- creepy jellyfish like ass. him. And you know, I, I've got to believe <laughs> that they sit in they sit in his fucking office. Oh yeah, and talk about this shit and laugh their bags off. He has to. Or no, his- this is what this is what we're presenting tonight. Oh, I'm so happy I work at the network yeah. that feeds simpletons because the the simpletons that love this network will just eat this up, and it's funny. Yeah, they're laughing their red light bags off. That's yeah. what they are. They're shining. Like, seriously, I read the story, Dan, Fred, whatever your name is, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought, okay, part of this has got to be a joke. Even Tucker's mm-hmm. got to be. Like, how he's presenting this with a straight face, you know he's, to your point, that he's going, this is fun. What, what, what else could we tell them to do? They've got the market cornered on America's dumb. That yeah. is their network. Yes, it is. And that is their network, and they deliver the goods. There's a lot of stuff out there that isn't being talked about. But think about it. They go on that. They'll go on that network. He's been doing these. Even, you know, I, if you read the story further, Dan, even Kid Rock, who I guess was is now part of this thing again, even he yeah. heard it and went, well, that's even too dumb for fucking me, and I'm Kid Rock. Um, 
Is there any? <laughs> hey, did you see Trump's last thing? He had an endorsement from Kid Rock, and then Trump goes on and says some kind of a speech, and he says at the he ends it with, "Let's uh, make America rock again." Oh That's my God. Trump. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. Bloated orange piece bastard. of crap. You know, like this, mm-hmm. you know, there were, I, I got to tell you, I don't know if you feel because you're not on Twitter, but there's a guy, there's a couple of guys, there's this Bridget, I can't remember her last name, and then there's this other guy, Nick Adams. There's a whole bunch of sort of uh, parrots or whatever they call them. Uh, there's a name for it. Uh, they advocate for Trump, the surrogates. And like, I, I, almost, I almost sent this tweet to you because he's tweeted that. A couple things recently, he said, you know, you're, you want your children, you want your daughters to grow up like Sarah Palin and Lauren Boebert, not Michelle Obama and, right. yeah. and Hillary Clinton. Like, yeah. like, who is that for? Yes, you would, mm-hmm. so you're saying you'd rather have your daughter be Lauren Boebert versus these women who went to Yale, who went mm-hmm. to school, and whatever. But the other thing he said was, uh, the president is good enough to probably play on the men's senior tour. That's what he fucking tweeted. He said, Trump's probably good enough to play on the senior tour, but he's not because he's too busy saving mm-hmm. the world from tyranny. Mm-hmm. They're still pushing the big lie, right? Oh, and yeah. That's in the news now, too, where they're still trying to get uh, legislatures to overturn the, uh, the uh, votes for the election. Dan, 60% of Republicans polled this weekend said that they did not believe that uh, January 6th was a treasonous act, that it was actually... Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it's not sedition, whatever. They, they, mm-hmm. they believe it wasn't, that it was a, a proper protest and it was fine. Mm-hmm. You know what weasels these guys are, these men and women? Um, you don't want to wish death on anyone. Well, maybe mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, you do. You do. Um, <laughs> if, you definitely if, do. Uh, if Trump died today, coughed up his heart, you know, because he's in such shitty shape. Yeah. Regardless of what it is. If he died today, you know how many of those people would switch their opinion? On that tomorrow, yeah. all that stuff tomorrow, because they put their finger up in the air and they get the prevailing wind, and that's the way they would go. Yeah, I, I, w- I would hope you're right to a certain degree, but I, I you know, again, I, I was, I wanted to send you this video, and I still haven't. I might actually take the audio off and send it to both of you, but it really does explain what is behind this movement of stupidity. Dan Duran, do you have any more stories? Uh, Because that was a good one. Tucker shining red lights on his nutsack. Well, you may have heard about the uh, whole Johnny Depp defamation lawsuit against Amber Heard. A lot of claims are being thrown around there. A lot of stuff going on. And one that's lighting up the internet is that Elon Musk had a threesome with Amber Heard. Mm Mm-hmm. So he apparently was responding to the, the claims, saying that, no, I did no such thing. I didn't. Uh, it's a, a Cara Delevingne that they were supposed to be the threesome with. And he had not. Uh, he said they're friends, but they've never actually been intimate. Uh, while I, and he started his relationship with Amber Heard, apparently, when the divorce was announced. Mm-hmm. You know, Fred, Dan's so well hung. Every time he has sex, it's like a threesome. It's, you know, him. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about this last week, a guy like Elon Musk. And, you know, I actually believe him because that might be a badge of honor if it was true. Right. Um, We were talking about Cosby. Like he could have bought his way into any threesome or any sexual act he wanted with his money. Yep. But instead, he chose to dope them and and drug and rape women. Yes. While they were unconscious, Mm -hmm. which is a whole sickness in itself. A guy like Elon Musk, just think about it. He could buy himself into any sexual adventure he wants. Sure. 
with no strings attached. Yeah. Imagine that. I mean, Bill Cosby. Bill, <laughs> Fred's imagining that. You know, no, Bill, I'm imagining that. Bill yeah. Cosby could have paid yeah. somebody to pretend they were drugged and yes. them. Like, yeah. if that was his thing, he could have said, okay, here's what I'll use you. I'm going to pretend to give you some Spanish yeah. fly. You go, and then I go, you know. <laughs> I know. It, you know it, it, would, it never would have got out. It never no, would have been, been discreet. Been, yeah. His anyway. wife would have still thought he was a good guy. Well, she still does. What am I saying? Um, uh, Dan Duran, yeah. uh, thank you for your service with the news. Mm. Appreciate mm. Uh, Now I'd like you to take off your news cap. Right. And I want you to put on your producer's cap. Okay. And I want you to listen to this next segment. Uh, last week, we had the pleasure of making uh, the acquaintance of Kyle Kirby. Over his shoulder, you see he's got uh, a sign that says Kirby Avenue. Um, all the while living in his parents' home, which is cool. Uh, Kyle, welcome back to the program. How's the last week been for you? Have you had a chance to think about your first impressions and things? Thanks, Howard. Absolutely, I have. I, uh, I took that shame to heart, and I yeah. thought about it the whole week. You were super, Good. it was shameful. Yeah, um, absolutely. Do you want to maybe, well, first, of all, I, have a, I found a, a theme song for you. I'm not sure if this is going to work, but let's have a listen. I need some coffee because I'm doing a run. I'm riding down the orders now for everyone. The coffee is free, just like me. I'm an unpaid intern. Sorting papers, running around, <laughs> sitting in the meeting room, not making a sound. sound. Barely people, somehow legal, unpaid intern. You work all day, go back to your dorm, and since you can't afford a mortgage, you just tore in a porn, because you're an intern. Okay, so uh, <laughs> what I so your assignment for next week is to get that and, and make it just edit it a little bit so we can just uh, have a little music there. Uh, Kyle Kirby is the unpaid intern, um, and our first assignment, Fred, to Kyle was what? Well, um, an imaging thing for the Humble and Fred show, right? And uh, you know, we gave him a few pointers. I believe Dan did as well, and uh, to his credit, uh, he went about it. Uh, quite professionally. Yes, he did. Uh, so we would say, Kyle, um, and you and I corresponded. Kyle, you sent me a note. I gave you yep. some guidelines. I even sent Kyle Dan. I sent him a little bit of an example of some humble and Fred imaging, and here's what Kyle has uh, put together. Now, I want we're going to listen to it once. Just let's have a listen. We're not going to stop it, but at, then we'll go back again. So here we go. Last Tuesday on Humble and Fred, fresh out of the womb and ready for radio, Kyle showed up late to his internship interview. Typical millennial? Let's see where he is this week. Hey guys, listen, I know I said I was going to be there early this time, but uh, I've been in a super serious car accident. It's, it's really serious, guys. Like, I can't feel my arms or my legs. This has been another amazing episode of Why Do We Even Need an Intern with Humble and Fred. Very, very good. My first thoughts when I heard it this morning the first time, very good. Fred, your first thoughts? 
Well, here's what I like, Howard. I like the fact that he played off the controversy. Yes. I thought that was very clever. Yeah. You know, a lot of kids might want to go forward and pretend that never happened. Shy away. But he, mm-hmm. he embraced it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I like. Now, do you want what I don't like? Well, no. Well, it's a good first okay. impressions. I'll give you. I'm just first impressions. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Dan, your first impressions. Yes. Yeah, I like the uh, liked a lot of the, that. There is what, what Fred was saying. I also like the uh, the uh, impactful stingers and stuff. The sound uh, sound uh, getting into it and getting out of it and all that. That sounded great. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, what we don't like about it, Kyle. First of all, well done. Um, Thank you. No question, well done. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And, with uh, a little bit of a, um, a little caveat. Yes, caveat. Yes. Here's the thing, and I can look at the file in the in the middle part there where you're doing the little skit. Uh, when I listened to it without headphones on, just on my speakers here in the studio this morning, I had trouble understanding it. Then I listened to it again, and I put headphones on. I'm like, okay, I can hear it now, and I think. Listen, and now playing it back through the board that you guys could all hear it. It's just that whole part in the middle there's about 30 seconds where it isn't as easy to understand fred will now continue with the articulation well, I'm just saying, again this is radio so the whole the concept is um hearing listening so you don't want to make it difficult for the listener to hear you know yes. what we're saying does that make so sense, Kyle? The, 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 skits, the skit part should be laid right in your lap. There should be no question what you're saying because it was funny. Yeah. And again, clever. And let me just add, Fred, the problem with that was, and I just heard something for the first time. This is the third time I've heard it. That little thing that made both of us smile was your, that little argument you were having. The problem mm-hmm. with having your ear, it, it just wasn't mixed very well is what we're saying. I'm not being critical, and then you no. people listening, don't. Get, we're not being beaten up, this kid. But just your takeaway should be, the problem with the comedy is if it's hard to understand, then your brain is trying to do two things at one time. It's trying to hear it, and it's also trying to absorb it. And it wasn't until the Excellent. third time that I actually heard one of your jokes. Dan Duran. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly about what, what you guys are talking about is the EQ. So when you, when you narrow the EQ on something, so it's so narrow, uh, it, it, you get the idea if you do it a little bit, but it's, it, I think the way you've narrowed it, it's called the Q width or whatever the Q. Yes. Q, it's, it's, it's so narrow that it, it, uh, it peaks that one frequency. And it, it, you get the idea, but it's, it's to a point where you almost don't understand what it yeah. and as a as a creator you're you're uh, you already know what's going on right you just have to stand back from it a little bit and listen to it in different environments like on headphones or a different kind of yeah. speakers mm-hmm. figure out what's going on there so if you just if you just didn't restrict it so much with the eq uh mm-hmm. you'd yeah. all of a sudden understand it and one other so, point on that uh as far as eq goes the the narrow the narrower you make it uh, so it's more the telephone sound, so mm-hmm. to speak. The narrow you make it, the louder it sounds if it's at the same level as everything else. But the problem was, Dan, he mixed the sound effect too hot. The sound, and I'm looking at the, I can see it visually now, Dan, and in the middle of it, it's all narrowed to your point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And obviously the point was you wanted to make it sound remote like you were in a car. Keep yeah. in mind that nowadays the sound of remote is so much better than remote used to sound. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, Kyle, it, does it? It is. It, and and um, one other um, uh, point uh, now that I forgot. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I forget. You got time. I, I, <laughs> Where's I had he two going? points, and I had that, that point. The sound yeah, of yeah. things are not as remote as they used to be. Yeah. And uh, it's fine. Go ahead. 
I'll, I'll think of it. Kyle, what is this all? Jotted it down. Does it all make sense to you now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Oh, Fred remembered his point. I here's. Uh, I think it, Howard, you said, "Hey, we're not beating up on him, but let's 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 remember mm-hmm. that this is an internship, and in internships you learn things." And, you know, this is a remote internship. So we it's not like we can sit them in an office and talk about this stuff. We're actually doing it on the show. So this isn't anything we would say to him. We wouldn't say to him. We just right. happen to be saying it on the show. And, hey, it's up and real, man. Now, the only thing I would tell you in my, you know, Fred and I mm-hmm. talked about this before the show. The only so that what we've just spoke to you about is more of a technical. Just keep that in mind if you're going to because the joke has to when you're doing something as a bit and Dan touched on it. You created this thing. So you're looking at the words on the paper. You know what you're saying. It's obvious to you. The problem is to the listener the first time through. It wasn't obvious that I've now heard it three times. And like I said, there wasn't it was the third time I started to hear some stuff. So the point I'm making is make that stand out. That's what we're all saying. The other point, though, is. Yeah. Just quickly is this. Mm-hmm. When you listened back to that, that should have been in your thinking. Like, oh, I don't, it, it was a little bit muddled. Mm-hmm. My only point is, you know, when you sent it to us, you know, that's the kind of last thing you should listen to and go, oh, can they actually understand this? You know, Kyle? Um, and maybe that can be part of next week's assignment as well. Redo it. And let's hear it next week with the, with everything we've told you within it. Along Even if with we a don't new, play it again. No, right? no, we'll play it again. But along yeah. with a new piece, let's with, just along clean with yeah. the new piece. Let's clean this one up, Kyle. What do you have to yeah. say about all this? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate all the feedback. Everything makes a lot of sense. And I did I did have some second thoughts uh, after I had sent it already. Uh, I listened to it again, and I did realize maybe on uh, on a on a speaker it wouldn't Mm -hmm. come out so clearly because again i was doing the same thing i had the the studio headphones on so that's something i really need to uh kind of keep going at is listening to it on my speakers and i promise you the people listening are maybe hearing it what because if you if you're hearing it the way i just played it you're probably it'll sound better to you than dan if i'd sent it to you you would have heard it on speakers and you would have said the same thing (laughs) yeah and remember the nature of the beast you're being trained as a radio person you know, you still have to be conscious again of the person across is listening from across the room or standing in the kitchen, listening on a speaker, a smart speaker, mm-hmm. you know, so that it has to if if it's a joke and it's the point, it's got to stand out. Right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Kyle Kirby. <laughs> what? Uh, what? So, Dan, are we going to, I guess, week to week, are we going to decide each week if Kyle gets to continue to be our intern or do we? <laughs> Are we, yeah, going, are we going forward with Kyle as our intern? I think we should. I think we should. Yeah. I think we should. Give him another really, assignment. Well, and his voice is very good. Listen to this. Last Tuesday on Humble and Fred, fresh out of the womb and ready for radio, yeah. Kyle showed up late to his internship interview. He's got a good voice. He sounds good. He's professional, Dan. God yeah. damn it. We should maybe get him to do uh, the... Uh, the uh, Sponsor of the day for the interview. The interview. Uh, what do you call it? The interview. The gig sky sponsor, guest of the, the day. Gig sky guest of the day. Oh, okay. Cool. You know, imaging that could thing be, for that. Well, that Did, could be something cool. Sure. Didn't you say something out of the gate, Howard? Made reference to maybe should be his next assignment. When we first. I don't remember. I don't know. I'm losing my mind. Should have written it down. Did we say something? He should be his next assignment. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um. Kyle, uh, 
we don't really have something now, but we will have something. Just stay on the, mm-hmm. the See Zoom. See how prepared we are? This is part well, this is, I only got as far <laughs> as uh, let's make, let's critique this shit. Um, yeah. Thanks to Jeff Lumby. Uh, Lumby, uh, of course, Jeff and Julie moved to France in the global pandemic. Dan Duran, of course, uh, with Dan Duran News. Uh, tomorrow, Jackie Budden, formerly Jackie Delaney. Radio friend of ours, uh, longtime broadcaster, but now working in the government. It'll be an interesting conversation with her tomorrow. But you have to go get your thing lanced on your leg. Yes, I do. I'm having uh, yes, I'm having a biopsy tomorrow of this growth of my leg, which got great reaction. I may say, great <laughs> reviews. Yes, great <laughs> reviews. Brought to my attention. You know, we can we can say and do all these profound things and get little reaction. Mm. Put a picture up of a you know a disgusting looking sore that might uh, be cancer, and uh, the reaction's fantastic. People love so it. You're trending. You're trending. That's right. <laughs> Fred's uh, pussy cancer bump. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Maybe we should, uh, maybe an idea for uh, Kyle Kirby might be, um, you know, we could give him a list of all the things that are wrong with us, you know, from uh, my sore feet to my uh-huh. my wonky knee to my stinging pee hole to this weird thing in my side to, you know, your uh, growth. Personality. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Therapist. I was going to say that goes without. I forgot about. Yeah, the therapy, the uh, mm-hmm. self doubt. Um, maybe. Uh, hey, before we go, let's talk about our good friends at the uh, Chamber Plan, Frederick. Yeah, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Chamber's plan is Canada's leading group benefit plan for small companies. Oh, yes, it is. Get a free quote today. Go to chamberplan.ca. Find out what is in it for you, and you'll be pleasantly surprised. Small companies grouped together create the image of a big company. This allows uh, premiums to be held down so you can say to your people, the people of your small company, we now have a benefits package, you know, prescriptions, uh, dental, uh, the teledoc system, uh, certain therapies, depending on the level that you buy into. There's travel insurance. So many products under the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan umbrella. Check it out today. Chamberplan.ca. All right, Dan. Let's, I think that's enough show. That's a lot right. of show. That's an extreme amount of show. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and Noom. For Humble Allen and Frederick Richard, <laughs> I'm Daniel James Duran. And remember to listen tomorrow for the update on the pussy thing that's on Fred's body. Like and subscribe. There's a destination a little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans that just clap your hands. Just clap your hands.